0: Welcome to our podcast. I'm Pastor Mark Voss. Are you the kind of person who's prepared for just about anything? Who always has a plan? Or would you rather just kind of sit back and take things as they come, playing it by ear? Well, that's okay when it comes to lots of things in life, but when it comes to your soul, preparation is imperative. Our sermon today is based on Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and our message is entitled, Get Ready. May God bless you as you hear and take to heart the truths of his holy word. Today's gospel reading and the words of our sermon text, Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, while Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod was Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip was Tetrarch of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis, and Lysanias was Tetrarch of Abilene. During the priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into the whole region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins just as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley will be filled, and every mountain and hill will be made low. The crooked will become straight, and the rough ways smooth. And everyone will see the salvation of God. My dear family in Christ, Julie Fredrickson is a 30-something entrepreneur who lives in New York, and she vividly remembers the moment when she decided that she was going to become a prepper. It was late October in 2012, and Hurricane Sandy had just struck New York. The main power plant that powers all of lower Manhattan was wiped out. And as she suddenly felt herself scrambling in the dark in her high-rise New York apartment building, feeling helpless and cut off, she was terrified. I realized that I wasn't prepared for even very basic things, she said in an interview. I didn't have enough water. I didn't have a radio to listen to emergency broadcasts. And I never wanted to have to go through an experience like that again. So she became a prepper. Preppers are those people today who find themselves taking steps to be ready for emergencies or natural disasters or sudden traumas or tragedies. Julie now has what she calls a go bag. It's filled with some some water, enough food to last her for several days. Some medical supplies and other necessities. She has a chemically insulated, well stocked, isolated bunker somewhere back in her home state of Colorado. She's ready. Are you? Not so much for a natural disaster, but are you ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ on Judgment Day? Jesus is coming and you do not want to be left unprepared to meet him. And John the Baptist calls to us this morning here in Luke chapter 3 and he helps us to become what we might call spiritual preppers. Ready at any moment to meet Jesus. He calls on us to get ready. Get ready for Jesus. Why? Luke is helping us in this text to connect the ministry of John the Baptist to a prophecy that the Lord had, had Isaiah write about 700 years before. John's ministry is described like this. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley will be filled in and every mountain and hill will be made low. The crooked will become straight and the rough ways smooth and everyone will see the salvation of of God. So let's not miss the word picture then, back in ancient times, when a king had decided to make a visit to one of the sections of his kingdom, a messenger was sent out well in advance, and that messenger would tell the people living there, be ready, your king is coming to you. Not wanting their king to have to drive through treacherous conditions They would cut new paths for him or level out big bumps in their road or fill in ruts or Michigan-sized potholes. They'd straighten out windy roads. They wanted their king to be able to come to them. Friends, here's the thing. That same voice is calling out to you today. Can you hear it? Get ready. Be prepared. Why? Because the king, your Lord Jesus Christ, is coming. The one who came riding into your heart through his gospel and the powerful work of God the Holy Spirit when he brought you to faith is coming to you every moment of every day as he reminds you of the truths of his gospel. He comes to you in word and sacrament to strengthen your faith and your trust in his promises. And he's coming on the last day, which of course could come at any day. He's coming from the heavens to usher in eternity. Judgment day is coming and we need to be ready. Our eternity is riding on it. Because as we've confessed, Jesus is coming to judge the living and the dead, and the stakes could not possibly be any higher. Jesus himself said that whoever believes in him will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. So get ready, stay ready. Live ready. There were, of course, some big-time power brokers living in the world back in the days of John the Baptist. He reminds us of a few of them here by name in our text. Luke does. He says there was Tiberius Caesar. He was emperor of the Roman Empire at that time. There was the infamous Pontius Pilate. He was the Tiberius-appointed governor in Judea. The provincial Tetrarchs, there was Herod and Philip and Lysanias. There were the chief priests, Annas and Caiaphas. But notably, God's message didn't come through any of them. It came rather through a a lowly servant and most of the people never had heard of, John the Baptist. He's out preaching in Jerusalem in the temple or walking the streets of, of villages and towns. He's out in the Judean wilderness. The Lord's got a different kind of message through a different kind of messenger. It was time for all of God's promises about the Messiah to come to fruition. Jesus was about to take up his earthly ministry, his work of suffering and dying for the sins of the world, preaching and teaching the truths of the kingdom of God. And woe to those who weren't ready for him, who missed him altogether. So John says to the people, get ready. Prepare the way for the Lord to come into your heart. And he'd go on in in John chapter 1, he'd say, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as he pointed to Jesus. And just three short years later, Pontius Pilate found himself standing face to face with Jesus as he stood trial. So did Herod. So did Anaphis and Caiaphas. So did the Pharisees and the experts in the law. So did the the crowds of Jews who came to hear. But so many refused to take heed. So many weren't prepared for him. So many rejected trusting in him as the Christ, their promised Savior. We won't make the same mistake, will we? Prepare the way for the Lord in your heart and in your life. God's will, God's word, God's way comes running right into your world, right up to you. He's coming again to usher in the last day. And in between now and then, of course, any day could be our last. We learned that the hard way this past week, didn't we? Sometimes horrible things happen. Sometimes people get in massive accidents. Sometimes people have a a major trauma. Sometimes they're the victims of crime and violence. We need to be always on the ready to meet Jesus. Who knows when death might come calling? Who knows when, when the Lord may pull back the curtain and we hear the sound of the trumpet and the voice of the archangel and the Lord Jesus comes in glory? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Look, don't let all of life's busyness distract you from the one thing that you literally cannot live without. Get ready. Stay ready. Live ready. Okay, but how? Well, Luke tells us here that John went into the whole region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So the key to being ready was to repent. So let's review for a moment. To, to repent in the language of Scripture means to change your mind. To repent of sin means to change the way you feel about your sin. To repent means I don't want to find ways to sneak around and keep doing this sin. I abhor this sin. I want to admit this sin to God and I want to turn away from it forever. Because I realize the damage that sin does to my soul. We understand the grave consequences of a life of sin. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26, 26 says very clearly, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire. Look, it, it's one thing to stumble and fall and cave into temptation in a moment of weakness. We, we do that each day. But it's an all, another thing altogether to know that what you're doing or how you're living is wrong but refuse to repent of it. To say, look, I don't care that this is out of step with God's will for my life. I'm going to do this anyway. The denial of sin and other wrong attitudes about sin are spiritually dangerous, to say the least. So repentant sinners don't hide or excuse or rationalize or try to cover up their sin. They freely confess it. They admit it to the Lord. Lord, I have sinned against you. And they turn away from that sin. That's the first part of repentance. The second part of repentance is laying hold of God's promise that our sin is forgiven for the sake of Jesus. Believing that we're forgiven. So get ready. Ready. By living a life of repentance. Not just when we come here and gather for corporate worship each week, but every hour of every day. By living a life of repentance, by turning away from sin and laying hold of the Savior who has washed our sin away by his blood, we are made ready for Jesus. We're ready for the coming of our King at any and every moment. So how's that going to look? in our lives on a daily basis. John, again, uses that word picture. And he talks to us about the effect that God's message here in the law and in the gospel will have on our hearts and on our lives. He says, every valley will be filled in. Are you feeling a, a valley, an empty spot in your heart or in your life right now? Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's sadness. Maybe it's some anxiety. Maybe it's guilt. Let the gospel of the Lord Jesus fill that valley in your heart and life. Because the gospel reminds you that in Christ you can be absolutely sure that God loves you dearly, that you are never alone, That all of your sin has been forgiven, that you are freed of your guilt. Look, don't don't try to fill in the valleys in your heart and life with things that will only make you feel more empty in the end. Fill them with Jesus. And he goes on, every mountain and hill will be made low. So maybe it's not a valley in your heart or in your life that you're feeling this morning. Maybe it's, it's the extreme opposite. Maybe you look inside your heart and life and realize that you've been filled with some kind of sinful pride. Thinking that you don't have any sins that are really all that bad. Thinking that you've done so much good for God that he owes you one in life. Thinking that you deserve only good things from God because you have been the poster child for godly obedience. If that's the case then let the Savior, the King, come riding into your heart and life with his law to level that sinful pride. Let him show you your sin and give you a dose of reality. Level those hills and mountains within yourself and humbly learn to say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And he says the crooked will become straight and the rough ways smooth. God God's Word shows us what we might otherwise try to ignore in our lives. It's not pleasant to think about the times that we have have taken detours off of the path of the straight and narrow, when we have become crooked with our sin and deception. The times when we've taken a a detour from God's path and have run roughshod over, over God's will for our lives, but His Word calls us back in humble repentance to that godly, straight and narrow path. That we desire to walk because he first loved us. Get ready. Prepare the way for the Lord. Well, let's make it real simple. Let's suppose that later on this afternoon, God had a heavenly angel visit you and tell you that judgment day is coming Next Sunday at high noon. Now, he won't do that. Jesus made very plain that no one knows that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven. But just for the sake of argument, say that God visited you and told you judgment day will come next Sunday at high noon. Think about how you would live this week. Do you think anybody would have to really remind you out loud to spend a little more time in prayer? Think maybe you'd crack open your Bible every single day to spend some time meditating on God's Word or, or with your daily devotion, giving it serious thought and prayer? Do you think maybe you would take time out each day to, to look back over your day and admit your sins and lay them before the Lord and ask for his forgiveness? Do you think maybe you'd get a whole lot more serious about ceasing and desisting from that pet sin that keeps finding its way into your heart and into your life? Do you think maybe you'd spend a whole lot less time worrying about daily things that have no impact on your eternity? Do you think maybe you'd be more kind, more loving, more forgiving to the people you share this planet with? do you think maybe you'd finally get around to having that serious spiritual conversation you've been putting off having with that loved one, that family member who's drifted away from Christ? And if you knew for a fact that Jesus was coming back one week from today at high noon, do you think for a moment that you'd wake up next Sunday morning and find a reason to skip church? So here's the thing. Just live every day. Like it's the last name. Because it could be. Confess. Repent. Trust. Love. Forgive. Glorify the Lord with your life. Prepare the way for the Lord. Get ready. Stay ready. Live ready. And know that as you remain in Christ, clothed with the perfect robe of His righteousness, you will be ready at any and every moment to stand before him as he welcomes you into heaven. Amen.